0: Amen, amen, amen. Okay, turn with me, open your Bibles, turn with me to John 16. And we're doing a series uh, on the Holy Spirit. And I really felt led to do a series on the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know why. Uh, And of course, sometimes, you know, when you're planning something ahead of time, you don't know why the Lord's leading you in a certain way. But I know why the Lord was leading towards the Holy Spirit, because I'll tell you what, In this day, in this age, in this time, do we ever, 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 ever need more of the Holy Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to show us what is truth, what is not truth? Man, you can't read anything anymore without starting to question everything that you see on the news. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's truth. And you know what? We have the Holy Spirit that is able to do that on the inside of us. And I really want to focus last week. I did kind of the job description of the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, if I, you know, being from background in business and even being at the church, everyone loves a good job description. Like, what does that person do, right? Sometimes you look at a coworker and you're just like, what does that person do? I mean, how many have done this, right? What does that person do all day? Like, I'd like to read their job description because I'll tell you what, what they do, I'd certainly like that job. But let me tell you, every job you think you want, once you actually get that job, it's usually not. It's all cracked up to be, Amen. All right, so we all know that. That's from the secular side. But I walked through the job description of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, what can we see of the things that the Holy Spirit did? And I gave four general kind of categories of the job description of the Holy Spirit. The first one was is that he points us to Christ. The Holy Spirit points us to Christ. We looked at a bunch of different Scriptures. And what does he do? How does he point us to Christ? He eventually, what he does is he wants to work on the inside of us and convicts us. He convicts us, and he says, no, you're turning here. You need to turn back to me, and the Holy Spirit has a convicting voice on the inside of us, and then the second one was that he leads us, he teaches us, and he guides us, and then the third one was is that he empowers us to do the work of Christ, and then the fourth one was is he points us to justice on behalf of Christ. And we walk through those. And I said, Lord, why did you do those? And then he started revealing to me that today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and his convicting power. Next week is Father's Day. And we're going to be talking about leading and guiding. And I'm going to be targeting a lot to the men, but for everybody who comes, how the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us. And, then we're, and I've just been burdened to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to take at least a week, if not two weeks, to walk through the nine gifts of the Spirit. What are they? Why should we desire them? What does it mean to earnestly seek them? What does it mean that we shouldn't be ignorant about them? As the scripture begins to say, I want to walk through those because I want more of those. I want you to be able to manifest and work in more of those. Because if you haven't noticed what's going on outside, it's we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to operate effectively in day-to-day life. I mean, it's, every day seems to be more and more we need these things. So this morning, I want to talk more about the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And what I really want to focus on is I want to talk through the difference between conviction and condemnation. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I get a lot of thoughts that come through my mind. I know some, some, some people get more thoughts that come through their mind than I do. I do, as a man, not all men maybe have this box, but I have the nothing box. (laughs) Come on, guys. How many have the nothing box where you just sit there and there's just nothing going on? It's okay. I'm okay. I'm with you guys, right? The nothing box is great. But a lot of the times we don't reside always in the nothing box, and there's a lot of thoughts and things that come at us. There's things constantly pressing against us, and we hear all these things, and honestly, we start thinking like, you know, well, what if I... If I'm wearing a mask, does it mean that I'm in fear? And we start to get upset about that. Well, maybe not. Well, if I don't wear a mask, and then am I not loving someone who does have a mask on? And then we just begin to get in fear and in this condemnation, and we don't, and we get paralyzed, and we don't know what to do. And there's just all the stuff going on in, in our in our world right now with racism. Well, if Should I say something? Should I not say something? Well, I feel bad that I didn't say something earlier, and maybe I should have made another post earlier, or maybe I should have said something or did something. And how do I know what the Holy Spirit is convicting me of and what the enemy is trying to put condemnation on me? How do I know the difference? How do you know the difference? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because I think it's important for each and every one of us to understand what those two things are and what those two things lead us to. And the Holy Spirit will always lead us to conviction and pointing us to Christ. And the enemy leads us to condemnation and to fear and to guilt. And I'm going to walk through a bunch of different things along those lines. But I ask you to turn to John uh, 16. I want to talk briefly on this scripture, and then we're going to pop over into Romans. John 16, starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I can't imagine the disciples sitting there going, "I'm like, what? Jesus, 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 speaking to his disciples, like, guys, it's good that I go. It's good that I go." You know, like I would be like, "Wait, no, don't, please, don't go." Right? For if I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will do what? He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit comes to bring conviction to us. All right, go with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, starting in verse 1. So if the Holy Spirit brings conviction, Conviction, what brings condemnation? Romans a one says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say no condemnation. No. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That means condemnation when it comes, if you are in Christ Jesus, is not from God. It's not from God. It doesn't come from Him. The spirit of fears that come are not from Him. These these condemnations that we feel do not come from him. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look at that. We have to walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. What is condemnation? A penalty or a punishment. An expression of a very strong disapproval. Man, that's so much different than conviction. Conviction causes us to turn to Christ. Christ. Conviction begins to stir up something that, you know what, I need to do something differently here. And it comes actually with a peace, believe it or not. You know, so often we think this, when we get this conviction, that we think, well, it's because I've done something wrong, and so I need to feel bad about it. No, what he's saying is, you've done something wrong, but you need to stop doing it. You need to turn from those sins. You need to turn away and repent and say, Lord, help me to move away from those things. And he brings such peace when that comes. It says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means you have made Jesus Christ both your Savior and your Lord. When you are in Jesus Christ, you have made a commitment for him to be your Savior and your Lord. And we talk about this all the time. This is not easy. This is not like, oh, I prayed that prayer one time, and now everything in my life is just great. Everything works out perfectly. I don't struggle with any sin anymore. Everything is just beautiful roses, and my job works out great. My boss, you know, the day I got saved, my boss became a different person. Like, wait a second. Where's that in the Bible? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you became a different person. You became a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit now dwells in you and is working on changing you to be more Christ-like. The goal of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is to make you whole, to be more like Christ. And guess what? Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes that hurts a little bit. When I ran youth, it was so funny. I don't know if some of the kids might remember this. I'd always ask them the question. It was like a trick question. I was like, guys, i got a great question for you today. I'm so excited about the message God has for me. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? And they're all like, yes, yes, me, me. Pastor Jason, please, I want to be more like Jesus. And then I tell them, okay, in order to be more like Jesus, here are some of the things you need to start doing in your life. Here are some of the things you need to start weeding out in your life. Here, and slowly hands are just like, mmm. Like, I don't know if I want to be more like Jesus or not. Yeah, but this is what the Holy Spirit's job is on the inside of us, is to turn us to Jesus. To make a work on the inside of us to be more like Jesus. Okay, next verse in Romans 8. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. We are free from the law of sin and death when we've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Verse 3. For what the law could not do that it was weak through the flesh. Church, the flesh is weak. Anybody recognize that? Anybody have any issues with that this week? Ah? Come on, you don't have to raise your hands with kind of a rhetorical question. I'll raise them for you. It's tough. It's a constant battle with our flesh because the spirit and the flesh are battling against each other all the time. That's what the Bible talks about. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. The likeness of sinful flesh, although he did not sin. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So the only thing here that's going to be condemned is sin because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? I mean, come on. What a beautiful, beautiful representation of what he did. Verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Walking according to the Spirit. Walking according, not according to the flesh, but walking according to the Spirit. Now I'm gonna get into this, the ways we can determine when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, is it coming from him and the Holy Spirit, or is it coming from the enemy trying to bring something else? Walking by the For those who live, verses, next verse here, verse five, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit In the things of the Spirit. Next verse. Be the last verse we talk about here. Now I'm going to go into some other things. For to be carnally minded is death. Yikes. When our mind and our flesh is ruling and controlling our life, it actually leads to death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Condemnation leads us down the road to death. Holy Spirit conviction leads us down the road of life and peace. How many of you guys want to be living in life and peace? It's like, yes, I do, please. And we have to decipher all these thoughts that come into our minds. Which one is it? Which one is it? The Bible says take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So when that thought comes in, you have to stop for a minute and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I going to make an agreement with that thought? Is that thought truly coming from the Holy Spirit, from God himself, or is it coming from the enemy to try to move me into a different direction? You see, in that verse, there are two options. There's the carnal option, which leads to death, and the spirit option, which leads to life and peace. So what happens when we hear these thoughts, these feelings? Or even, you know, if we've sinned, we begin to feel this condemnation on the inside of us. Say, what do we do And it's different than conviction? The Holy Spirit comes to convict and not to condemn. And so I'm going to give you some things I want you to write down. If you have a piece of paper, this might be harder in your phones, but bear with me. I'd like you to make two columns. I'm going to give you something on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And I'm going to list some things about the Holy Spirit's conviction... Versus the enemy's condemnation. And you can put these side by side. And you can go back and reference that. And to look at that later. Almost like a little check sheet. Like a little filter that says. Whoa I got this thought. Let me just as a reminder go through. Is it on this side? Or does it fall on this side? And then you can begin to decipher. Says, "Whoa, whoa 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 whoa. It's on this side. This is from the enemy. Oh look at that. That's from this side. Of this list of things. And this is going to be something that the Holy Spirit is working on. So the first one. I want you to look at It's going to be the tone of the Holy Spirit versus the tone of the enemy. And the tone of the Holy Spirit is of a loving Father imploring, beseeching, and urging you to return to Him. The tone is all about you are valued, you are loved, you are cared for. You think when someone speaks to you, when someone who loves you and is speaking to you, how do they speak to you? When they are truly showing love to you, you say, well, what about when they're speaking the truth in love? Even that comes across in a loving spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in a loving tone. The tone of the enemy, accusing, nagging, it's a mocking voice generating fear and shame, causing confusion, protecting a sense of rejection and ministering to questions like, has God indeed said that? I bet nothing good will come from this. A tone that makes you feel superior or worthless. This is coming from the enemy. So the tone of the Holy Spirit versus the tone of the enemy, you can see two clearly different ways in that they speak to us. The second one, the Holy Spirit is specific. The enemy is very vague. The Holy Spirit is specific, the enemy is vague. The Spirit says, fix this one thing and you'll grow in freedom. He gives you specific things to go do. He leads you and guides you with all wisdom and with all knowledge. He commands you to take these specific actions. Repent of this action and you'll find freedom. Go here, do this. You hear in the Bible constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly leading saying, go here, go to Hebron, go over there, don't go over here. He's constantly leading and guiding. The enemy creates and generates this blanket choking sense of general guilt. A choking sense of this general guilt. Though everything is wrong like there's no action you can really take to overcome it. The woe is me. It leads to self-pity. It leads to despair. It leads to all these things that are not of God. When the enemy he is vague and he is general The next one, the Holy Spirit brings encouragement to God's message. The enemy brings discouragement to the message. The Holy Spirit, he engages you and encourages you to rely on God's power and not on your own strength. He gives you something to go do and you say, Lord, I need your help with that. Lord, I need your help with that. The enemy, however, he brings an attack on you on a person. He looks to cut your self-image. He looks to cut you down. And what happens is over the course of time, if, we don't, if we're not able to discern these two sides, we begin to make agreements on the side of the enemy. We begin to take these agreements and that whisper that we heard that we didn't take authority of and say that wasn't from God. And when, they, when the enemy whispers it again, and then he whispers it again, we begin to believe it more and more and more and more. And many times we find ourselves down this route where we have, we have just been believing a lie of the enemy for decades. And it takes intentionality, it takes prayer, it takes focus, it takes effort to take that thought when it comes to be able to start moving it and changing it to a different direction. And say, you know what, that's not lining up with the word of God. That's not coming from the Holy Spirit. That, con- that is condemnation and that is from the enemy. And I refuse to walk in that any longer. The Holy Spirit says things like, you know what, forget the past. The enemy says things like, let's remember all of your past. Come on now. He will bring stuff to your mind of stuff that you did that you thought you forgot about. Just to try to make you feel bad. But I can't, oh my gosh, I can't remember. I, I, that did happen in college. I can't believe that. I am such a terrible person. I can't. You know, come on, guys. Have we done this right? You start. Oh, I can't believe that. I I can't believe I used to do that. I can't believe look, that was all in the past. That's all That has been forgiven. If you've repented and said, Lord, forgive me for those sins, it's in the past. It's washed away. He's not looking at that. God's not looking at that anymore. It's the enemy who wants to bring those things to your remembrance. Constantly bringing these things to you to try to remember. The Holy Spirit draws you to God. The enemy draws you to rejection. You see, the Holy Spirit there's an attraction that he pulls us towards God. He generates in us unexpected kindness, love, long-suffering, forgiveness. These are things that come from when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. When the enemy speaks, he speaks lies. He disguises himself as an agent of holiness, as an, a- as an angel of light. He produces the feeling that God has rejected you, and you are somehow unholy and unworthy. If you are walking in self-pity in your life, because many of us sometimes do, is a complete lie of the enemy. He is trying to bring condemnation on you that is not from, not from God. And we need to reject those things when we see those things happen. The Holy Spirit, he brings positive scriptures to our remembrance. The enemy comes to try to steal the word and try to bring every negative scripture to our remembrance out of context. Come on, guys. You think the, the enemy doesn't know the scripture? What did the enemy use to tempt Jesus with? He used scripture. But I love if you look at how he used the scripture, he used it in like this accusing, like almost kind of way, if you're the son of God... You know, if you're like, it's like tempting, baiting us, right? He was baiting us with the word of God. He baits us sometimes. And we have these scriptures that come back to remembrance. It says, oh, there's a scripture that says, you know, when I meet God, he's going to say that he never knew me. Right? Because it says in the Bible, there's those that do miracles, wonders, and signs. And when we get to heaven, he says, I didn't know you. You're like, oh, my gosh, that's, that, that scripture's for me. Well, you have to understand what that scripture means in context, and understand what that scripture means when the God looks at the heart. When He knows who you heart, what your heart is all about, have you repented of those things? Have you made Him your Lord and Savior? He knows your heart, and He will judge your heart. You can't stand on that scripture alone and say, "Well, I made a mistake." I bet you God's going to say, oh, "I don't know you when I when when I show up at heaven." But that's in the Bible. And I'll tell you, we've been debating a lot at home, too, about the narrow road and the wide road. The wide road leads to death and destruction. The narrow road leads to Christ. Say, oh, I don't know if I'm on that narrow road. I don't know if I'm on that narrow road. You know what? I've, been, I've just been walking in this or that. I've been doing that. I just don't think I'm on the narrow road. Come on, guys. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and says, Ah, you're veering off course, and it comes with a conviction, and you repent, he will bring you back to that narrow road again. You don't have to just constantly doing this evaluation over and over and over and over in our lives about which road I'm walking on. The Holy Spirit leads us, he guides us, he convicts us, he takes us from this path to this path. I was on that wide path. I was on that path, and the Lord took me out of that. And took me on that narrow path. And now because I know the narrow path. Because I know Jesus. And my eyes are focused on Jesus. I actually can see when I'm getting off of that path. I can begin to see it. The Holy Spirit begins to show it to us. So we can walk on that narrow path. The Holy Spirit. A couple more here on this line. I know that it's getting probably pretty long on the both things here. The Holy Spirit draws you into fellowship. The enemy works to isolate you. The Holy Spirit draws us into fellowship. The enemy works to isolate you. The enemy is working to isolate us right now in many, many different ways. He's looking to get us divisive against each other. He's looking to isolate us. If you look about, the scripture talks about the enemy being like a lying, searching around whom he may destroy. You ever watch a lion hunt like on National Geographic, right? You like watch the lion roam around. Who's he going to get? Who does he get? The one on the outskirts of the herd. The one who has said, you know what? I got distracted and I'm walking over here all by myself. I'm no longer in the covering. I'm no longer with the herd. I'm no longer in the protection of God and in his church. And I'm out here all on my own. And this is when the enemy comes to attack. We cannot be isolated. We cannot be God created us for fellowship. He created us for interaction. He created us for family. He, we're talked about being in God's family. It's all about family. He doesn't want you isolated. The enemy wants you isolated. If if you see your life moving towards more and more isolation and being more and more alone as like me and only me, then I can tell you that that's not the Holy Spirit leading you to isolation. That's not how he works. The Holy Spirit will state facts and truths about you and about God. The enemy will emphasize only feelings. Now, we, may, we have feelings. God created feelings. I get that. But what the Holy Spirit does is he always points us to the truth. And when we begin to understand that truth on the inside, we begin to understand how God actually created us to be and who he created us to be. Let me skip forward. I got uh, two more here. Actually, one more. The Holy Spirit reassures you of God's forgiveness and the enemy accuses you, saying you have committed the unpardonable sin. This is what he does. He tries to divide us. This unpardonable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, speaking out against God, so hard-hearted, complete rejection of God, the opposite of praising Him, that is truly the unpardonable sin. It's like you're completely rejecting the Holy Spirit, you're completely rejecting God and who He is and everything that He has to do with. If you're questioning whether or not you created the unpardonable sin, you haven't created the unpardonable sin. Because if you did that, you you wouldn't care anymore. You understand what I'm saying? You'd be like, I don't even care anymore. My heart has been so hard. Like, whatever. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. So look, that's clearly the enemy trying to lead you down a path of destruction. So what do we do with this? Worship team, if you want to come back up. Would you like to end with a song? We have these two lists on both sides. What do we do with this? I would ask that you take these lists. And what are the things that are, you're believing in your life? What are the things you feel like you're being led to? What are the things that are the thoughts that you have coming in your life? And you, you kind of bump them up against the two lists. And when you do that and you see it on a piece of paper, you clearly, clearly can identify, uh-uh, uh-uh, or absolutely, absolutely. This is from God. And he wants me to turn from this sin. He wants me to go to this new level. He wants to take me to a different thing, to a different place. And we clearly begin to see these things as they lay out. If it's conviction, then I'd highly recommend immediately repent, turn from it, ask for forgiveness, and make restitution as the Spirit leads As the team gets set set up, when you're ready, you guys can start playing behind me. I have a testimony I want to share. I have a testimony from a man in this congregation who recently walked through this exact scenario. And as I was preparing for this message, I got this testimony that came in. I said, are you kidding me? It's like, this is what I'm going to be preaching on. What a better example than somebody in our congregation who just walked through this very thing and the fruit that came out of it. Let me read this to you. Last Sunday, it came came in to me. So after you prayed, meaning me, prayed with Dave. Let the cat out of the bag there, Dave. Love you, brother. Went home and continued to pray to hear from God. He expected a great message. But what did he hear from heaven was, be yourself. Saturday's message at Men to Men was about forgiveness. Later that day, a young woman who was a clerk at Country Fair made a mistake and thought Dave was the cause of her error. She started calling him a few choice names. The old Dave fired back at her. We had spent some time together, this is from the person who sent it, and we discussed this. Then on Sunday, which was last Sunday, during my message, God convicted him to go, convicted him, didn't condemn him, convicted him, working on the inside of him, to go and to apologize to her. He thought, what are the chances she would be there? But following the nudge of the spirit, he stopped in to see. She had recognized him. And when he approached her behind the counter, of course, Dave being two and a half feet taller than she was, (laughs) it looked as though a bad biker was coming ready for a confrontation. (laughs) To her surprise, when he leaned over the counter and made a heartfelt apology, she broke into tears. Come on, church. In fact, all the workers in that place were tearing up as well. This is a country fair that was in a dark neighborhood. But after this loving, heartfelt apology, people were hugging him and were so appreciative of what he did. After the event, he says, I can't believe how a simple, heartfelt apology can bring an entire store to tears. It was absolutely awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting me share that, Dave. There is fruit when the Holy Spirit leads us to conviction. Positive fruit. And you can judge things by their fruit. And the fruit of condemnation does not lead to entire stores weeping and being feeling the Holy Spirit's presence in a heartfelt apology. So we're going to sing one more song. I would, there's going to be some people up here as prayer leaders. They're going to be able to pray for you. If you haven't got prayer for something this morning, I encourage you to come down. Maybe you're fighting something. You just want encouragement. Maybe you need healing in your body. There's going to be three sets of people here praying for you. We're going to do this one last song. So stand with me in worship. And if you got a prayer need in your life on up here.